بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Continuing with these sittings and these gatherings on the topic of remedying the tightened constrained chest as is our usual practice We'll do some muraja'ah, some revision of our previous lesson before we begin with today's lesson. <coughs> so the abd, the slave of Allah, the mu'min, he has love of Allah. He has fear of Allah. He has hope in Allah. He has all of these actions of the heart. What is the thing that can intensify your love of Allah, your fear of Allah, your hope in Allah, your dependency upon Allah? What's the thing that can intensify these a'mal al-qalbiyah, these action, these heart-based actions? Does anybody remember? Ikhlas, taban. Ikhlas is necessary for all acts of worship but there's a statement of Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala concerning a certain matter that intensifies the love of Allah intensifies your fear of Allah intensifies all of the actions of the heart Ahsant barakallahu feek muraqabah muraqabah that you are conscious of the fact that Allah is seeing you when you're conscious of this, then the more conscious you are of it, the more the more muraqabah that you have of Allah, then the more the a'mal al-qalbiyah, the heart-based acts of worship will increase. The more strong your muraqabah of Allah is, then the greater will your love and fear and hope and dependency upon Allah Increase and intensify. <coughs> Is that understood? Any questions concerning that? Next part. Hidayah. Guidance. How many categories or how many types of guidance is there? Two. Two types of guidance. What are those two types of guidance? Anybody besides Brother Abdullah? Yunus, sorry. Anybody besides Yunus? Two types of guidance. Tafadal akhir. Okay, so there's that guidance that comes solely from Allah. What's that guidance called? Not Dalal wal Bayan. Tawfiq wal Ilham. Allah grants you Tawfiq. Allah grants you success. Allah. He opens up your chest and thus you love Islam and you want to follow Islam and you love the people of Islam. That type of hidayah, when the word huda is used, in that context, then it's specific to this guidance that only Allah can grant. And that is the guidance of your chest opening up to Islam and you following Islam. Okay, so that's one type of guidance. What's the other type of guidance? There's another connotation for the word huda. 
That's one connotation of the term huda. يعني هداية التوفيق والإلهام. But there's another connotation for for the word huda. What is that uh, type of guidance? Anybody besides Adam? Any besides besides his Eunice as well? Anybody who hasn't ate? تفضل أخي. الإرشاد والدلالة والبيان. That is that a person he receives guidance. I.e. it is clarified to him. Guidance is clarified to him. Guidance is explained to him. He's directed towards guidance. He's directed towards the Quran. He's directed towards the Sunnah. It's explained to him. So with this connotation of the word Huda, if a person, if we say in this particular, when Huda has this type of meaning, if a person receives this type of Huda, does that now mean that he is a Muslim? No, doesn't mean that he is a Muslim. Obviously, why? Because here, in this context, the word the word huda is just being used to indicate and to denote, to denote clarification of a tawheed, clarification of Islam, explanation of Islam. Doesn't necessarily mean, obviously, that a person has accepted it. So, with that being the case. This type of huda can occur at the hands of whom? Allah obviously. Prophets, prophets they clarify, don't they? Prophets they clarify the uh, Al-Quran. Likewise, huh? Scholars, Isa. Messengers, huh? teachers, preachers. When you are explaining Islam to your family, when you are explaining Islam and Sunnah to your relatives, to your neighbors, to your friends, to whoever, this is the type of, we say that you are providing huda. You are providing huda. We can use this term. You're providing huda, guidance, i.e., the huda of dalalah wal irshad wal bayan, the guidance of clarification and indication and explanation. Is that understood? Right <coughs> So now this uh, al-huda that a person receives from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what does it consist of? He died at tawfiq wal-ilham Allah granting you success Success concerning what? Two things we said These two things are in the abd, in the slave, in the mu'min That's a proof, an indication that he has been guided what are those two things? Ikhlas, mutaba'ah. Ikhlas and mutaba'ah. Meaning, sincerity, that a person performs worship sincerely for the sake of Allah, and mutaba'ah, i.e. he follows the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that there is an indication of a person having been granted hidayat at-tawfiq. What therefore is an indication of a person uh, or what are the signs of a person not having been granted tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What are the signs that Allah has held tawfiq back from you? What are the signs that indicate that Allah has misguided you? What are you going to feel 
in yourself, in your soul. Rejection. So what are the signs of Allah rejecting you? Ahsant, barakallahu feek. You find, as Sheikh Muhammad Iman al-Jami, he said, يَرَى فِي إِمْتِثَالِ الْمَأْمُورَاتِ وَاجْتِنَابِ الْمَنْهِيَاتِ صُعُوبَةِ شَدِيدَةِ This type of person, he finds, when he wants to execute the commands of Allah, when he wants to abstain from the matters that Allah has prohibited, he finds difficulty in doing so. Allah has commanded me to pray. Oh, it's, ah, it's really tough. I don't want to do this. You really have to push yourself to do so. Allah has commanded me to fast in Ramadan. Oh, Ramadan is coming in a few weeks' time. And it's a big pressure upon my head. It's a big burden upon my head. Why? Because I want to be free. I want to be liberated. I want hurriyah, freedom and liberation. But the sharia, they're like shackles. They're like chains. They're like fetters. They tie me down. So if it is the case that this is what you feel, then this is an indication of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having abandoned you. Allah ta'ala lil'abd. Allah abandoning and forsaking the slave. And if he has this, <coughs> then that is an indication of him suffering from a tight and a constrict, constricted chest. We mentioned as uh, an external benefit something from Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen. Does anybody remember that benefit that we, uh, that we gave? He's got it. Somebody, did somebody raise their hand? Raise their hand. He's got the ayah. Alam Have we not expanded your chest for you, O Muhammad? He's got the ayah. Okay, yes. That Allah, he widens your chest to accept his ahkam, his rulings. Which rulings is the Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen referring to? Qadr, Qadri, yani al-ahkam al-qadriyah, hukm Allah ta'ala al-qadri, wa hukm Allah ta'ala shari'i. Allah expands your chest towards accepting his ahkam al-qadriyah, meaning his decrees, universal decrees. Things that happen in your life. So problems that hurt happen in your life. Difficulties that happen in your life. You lose a father, you lose a child, you lose money. Those difficulties happen. You need a chest that is expanded. Expanded so that you can accept that hukum of Allah al-Qadari. You can accept the decree of Allah that is related to the universal matters. What about the hukum of Allah, al-shari? What did Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen say about that? The hukum of Allah, al-shari. The legislative rule and judgment of Allah. Allah expands your chest to accept that. Why do you, why do you need a chest that is expanded and wide and يعني, opened up in order to accept the commands of Allah? There is something significant that Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen mentioned concerning this. Does anybody remember? 
Anybody? He said that the Shara'i, the legislations, they are in, uh, they go against the Ahwa. Whatever Allah has commanded you to do, what Allah prohibits you from, they go against the desires. Allah commands you to pray, commands you to give charity, commands you to fast. So He commands you with these things. He tells you you can't eat this. You can't do this. So these things go against the base desires of the human being. Therefore, you need and you are uh, you need a chest that is expanded in order to be able to accept, to take on board, to receive these ahkam al-shari'iyah, these legislative commands, in order to be able to execute them. Is that understood? Does it need repeating or clarifying? So this is where we uh, stopped last week. This is where we stopped last week. Yani the Shaykh said that if it is the case that you find in yourself that you find su'uba, shadida, you find this difficulty in executing the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you, you need to run back to Allah in order for Him to save you from the evil of yourself and the evil of your soul. Bayam. There and after the Shaykh he says, وَإِن لَمْ يُوَفِقْهُ ضَلَّ وَضَاعَةً and if it is the case that Allah does not grant you success in being able to turn back to Allah whenever it is the case that you find difficulty in implementing His laws, when you find difficulty in implementing the laws of Allah and you don't turn back to Allah in that situation, then that is an indication that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has caused you to become lost and astray. هكذا سبق في علم الله سبحانه وتعالى ومكتوب عنده من يوفق ويلهم ويعمل ويشرح صدره للإسلام ويحب الإسلام وأهل الإسلام ومن هو بالعكس So this has already been written The person who will be guided The person whose chest will expand to Islam The person who will love Islam Love the people of Islam this has already been written and likewise it's been written the one who will be on the opposite the one who whose chest will not be opened up to Islam he'll hate Islam dislike Islam <coughs> this has already been written and it's already in the prior knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bayda annana la na'lam hadha as-sir wa nahnu mutalibuna bi zahir as-shari'ah tayyib ikhwan the one who's going to be guided, Allah already, already knows it. The one who's going to be misguided, Allah, he already knows it. Even, this is something that we have been informed about in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the book and in the sunnah and in the, the books that were penned down by the righteous salaf concerning aqidah, concerning the matter of pre-decree. But even besides that, just based upon basic observation of the universe, Basic observation of what we see with our senses, what we feel with our senses. Is it possible for this existence to be operating by someone who doesn't have perfect knowledge? 
doesn't make sense that for the sun to be at the place that it is and that sun provides energy and it provides yani energy and sustenance for the yani sustenance for the plants those plants they grow as a result of that, that sun photosynthesis from that grass and from those plants insects they feed those insects animals feed from them human beings they feed from those animals for that perfection to exist it can't exist day after day year after year century after century millennium after millennium except by being in control of someone who has absolute perfect knowledge knowledge of what has happened okay <coughs> knowledge of what is happening but in addition to that knowledge as to what is to happen in the future if a person reflects by basic observation of this existence that we find ourselves in intellectually logically it doesn't make sense for this whole universe to be operating except by the knowledge of a masterful owner and creator knowledge of his that is so perfect that he knew what happened what is happening and likewise what is going to happen if he doesn't know what is going to happen in the future then decade after decade century after century millennium after millennium you wouldn't find this perfection and this uh, an interconnected uh, system of cause and effects existing within the universe <coughs> so that is something that we based upon basic observation we know and we realize now the one who's in control of everything he knows what's going to happen at the same time we likewise know that whatever we are doing whatever we are saying are you forced to do so did somebody force you to come here uh, obviously i hope not you're not forced to come here whether it's somebody forcing here whether it's uncle uh, shafiq forcing you to come here or at the same time some external agent some supernatural agent forcing you you know deep down in yourself no one's forcing you there is no some type some type of external agent forcing you to come here and that you haven't got a choice you've got a choice right now where you want to place your hands you got a choice right now as to whether or not you want to pick up your pen or leave it down so therefore based upon these two matters the fact that the one who owns this universe operates this universe created this universe his knowledge is so perfect that he knew what is to happen at the same time you know that you have a choice to do good or to do evil therefore the sheikh is saying that we even though we know that allah he knew which one of us are going to have an expanded chest and thus act righteously and allah already knew which one of us is going to have a tight chest and thus act unrighteously allah he knows that because his knowledge is perfect at the same time you have a will a free will under the authority of allah to choose right from wrong his your perception it proves that what you sense and perceive it proves that that you're not being forced to commit wrong unlike what the jabariya they claim and then the sheikh he mentions he says alayna an natlub min allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al hidayah fi kulli lahzatin upon us when we realize this that we are 
obligated with the sharia allah he knows who's going to be guided and who's going to be misguided but you the insan you the abd you the you the you the human being you have been obligated with the sharia and therefore upon us is to turn to allah seek from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guidance seek guidance from him at every single moment why if qad yakunu min al-asbab li an yukhallis allah abdahu mimma tawarata fihi al-ikthar min ad-du'a because the cause and the means that results in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking you out from the evil that you have fallen into the cause and the means of allah saving you that cause and that means could be a dua a dua that could have been the reason why in spite of the evil that you are in allah took you out of it and allah saved you from it <coughs> as later on <coughs> ibn al-qayyim he shall mention so that is the uh, explanation that Sheikh muhammad al al-jami gave to that part of the of the text the fact that a tawheed that is the greatest means and avenue of expanding the chest and depending upon the level of a person's tawheed the perfection of a person's tawheed will his chest proportionately expand then ibn al-qayyim he says falhuda wat-tawheed min a'zami asbabi sharh as-sadr therefore huda and tawheed they are the greatest means and the greatest causes of a person's chest being expanded al-huda guidance which is the opposite of misguidance tawheed which is the opposite of shirk if it's the case that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants the slave success in being upon tawheed being upon guidance being upon tawheed in both in all categories of tawheed tawheed al-rububiyyah which is the tawheed of al-fitrah wal-aql the tawheed of your innate nature and your aql your reason your intellect innately you know you have the naturally you know that you have a creator who controls and owns and regulates this universe naturally you don't have to be a rocket science scientist to be able to realize that a child is unable to speak unable to communicate he knows that the tawheed of al-fitrah the tawheed of a person's natural inclination and the tawheed of al-aql the tawheed of reason logically reasonably re- reasonably speaking intellectually speaking doesn't make sense for this universe to be operating by more than one creator more than one sustainer more than one owner <coughs> so this is the tawheed of al-fitrah wal-aql this however sheikh muhammad al jami he says obviously as we all know we should know for those who have been attending the lessons with abu mu'ad that this tawheed is not sufficient is not sufficient for a person to be from those whose chest becomes expanded above and beyond him being from the awliya of allah before even being from the allies of allah it's not sufficient for a person's chest to be expanded for him to be a person of tawheed ar-rububiyyah faqat only <coughs> rather he must while he singles out allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in lordship he likewise has to single out allah in his worship singling out allah in his love singling out allah in his fear not fearing anyone like he fears allah not loving anyone like he loves allah 
not hoping in anyone like the hope that is only deserved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if the if it is the case that a person directs these acts of worship of loving others like he should love love Allah fearing others hoping in others calling upon others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet he says only Allah is a creator only Allah is a sustainer only Allah is the owner of the universe then this person's tawheed has not gone beyond the tawheed of Abu Jahl Abu Jahl the one that was an enemy of the messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam this tawheed was his tawheed the tawheed of only accepting uh, the tawheed of Allah's rububiyyah the tawheed of Allah's <coughs> lordship however إِذَا تَمَّ لِلْمَرْءِ هَذَا التَّوْحِيدِ i.e. tawheed al-ibadah if it's the case that the slave the person he actualizes tawheed al-rububiyyah and tawheed al-uluhiyyah ثُمَّ حَصَلَ لَهُ الْهُدَى اتِّبَعَ هَدِيَ الرَّسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَمْ بِذَلِكَ يَحْصَلُ لَهُ انشِرَاحُ صَدْرِهِ أَعْظَمْ انشِرَاحُ So if it's the case that a person's upon tawheed, tawheed al-rububiyyah and tawheed al-uluhiyyah, that will result in his chest being expanded to the greatest level of expansion <coughs> or being greatly expanded. طيب, but as for the avenues or as for the means of bringing about tightness to the chest, then the greatest cause of bringing tightness to the chest is shirk billahi azim. Bringing about tightness to the chest, the greatest means of bringing tightness to the chest is associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> so the Shaykh Muhammad Iman al-Jami, he says, He says, وَالشِّرْكْ كَمَا مَثَلْنَا وَالضَّلَالْ كَمَا أَشَرْنَا مِنْ أَعْظَمِ أَسْبَابِ ذِيقِ الصَّدْرِ وَانْحِرَاجِهِ مَنْ عَلَّقَ قَلْبَهُ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى يَخَافُ مِنْ هَذَا وَيَحْذَرْ مِنْ ذَاكَ وَيَرْجُوْ زَيْدًا وَيَخَافُ عَمْرًا وَيَحْلِفُ بِخَالِدٍ وَهَكَذَا مُوَزَّعٌ بَيْنَ عِبَادِ اللَّهِ لا يبحث عن هدي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليتبعه في صلاته في جميع في جميع عباداته لا يتقيد بالهدي النبوي من ابتلي بهذا الداء أصيب بأعظم أسباب ضيق الصدر وانحراجه So the person who fears others besides Allah he calls upon others besides Allah he loves others besides Allah what happens to his heart? His heart is muwazza. His heart is muwazza. It is it's as though it's distributed between people. He fears this person. He fears this wali of Allah. He loves this peer. He fears this ally. And so on and so forth. His heart is muwazza bain al-ibad. His heart is distributed, spread out amongst the people. His heart isn't gathered together, traversing in one path. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but rather his heart is spread out, distributed amongst people. And thus he is never in a state of inshirah, he's never in a state of relaxation, but he's in dhiq, he's in dhiq, he is in, in confinement and in, and in repression. This type of person, دائماً هو في حرج في ضيق لأن محبته موزع وخوفه موزع واتباعه موزع this type of person, as the Sheikh said previously, this type of person, he's always 
in a state of uneasiness. The person who commits shirk, billahi al-azim, the one who commits polytheism with Allah, the Almighty, regardless of how happy he may come across to you, he may be from the Hare Krishna people, from the Buddhist people, those people that when you look at them, he looks so happy in a state of glee and delight, but deep down inside himself, rest assured, he is in a state of deep. He's in a state of inhiraj. He's in a state of repression and confinement. Why? Because his heart, it is muwazzah between the different gods that he worships. But the fasiq, the sinner, the one that is a fasiq from the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but he is a muwahid, he is a person of tawheed, regardless of his sins, relative to that Hari Krishna Buddhist person, his heart it is in a state of peace relative to that Hare Krishna Buddhist person. The Hare Krishna Buddhist person, you see him and he's smiling and he's happy and what have you. Rest assured, deep down inside, his heart is teared apart. But the one who is a muwahid, he only, when he worships, he worships Allah. When he calls upon somebody, he only calls upon Allah. Doesn't call upon no peer, doesn't call upon no saint doesn't call upon any wali of Allah, his heart when he worships, only worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this type of person, his chest is more expanded than the Hare Krishna person. This person, his chest is less tight than the Hare Krishna, than the Hare Krishna person. Or any other mushrik billah. Even if that mushrik is somebody who calls himself a Muslim, but he worships others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he goes and he calls upon the dead, he calls upon Hussein, he calls upon Ali. <coughs> he worships others besides Allah. He worships whether it is those who are from the, even from the Ahmadiyya or the nation of Islam, regardless of those people. Anybody who affiliates himself to the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he's upon shirk billahi azim, then this type of person, he is suffering from the greatest form of repression of the chest, regardless of what he shows to you. Tayyib. Half an hour has been so far, sir. Half an hour? Right. So we'll do 10 minutes and then after that we'll, we'll close. Then Ibn al-Qayyim, he goes on to talk about Noor. Noor. And that Noor of your Iman, that is likewise from amongst those greatest causes of alleviating a chest. He says, Ibn al-Qayyim, he says, min, uh, he says, An-Noor al-Ladhi i'ani min asbabi in shirah al-Sadr. An-Noor. الذي يقذفه الله سبحانه وتعالى في قلب العبد هذا النور نور الإيمان. So he says that from the avenues of bringing about alleviation, relaxation to your chest is a nur, light, the light that Allah casts into the heart of the slave. It is the light of iman. It is the light of Iman. <clears throat> Shaykh Muhammad Imman al-Jami, he says, هذا النور إنما يحصل إذا قوي الإيمان This type of nur, it only occurs when the Iman becomes strengthened. When the Iman becomes strengthened. Al-Iman له نور وله طعم وله لذة 
يتذوق الإنسان طعم الإيمان ويجد في نفسه لذة الإيمان وينور قلبه بنور الإيمان شيخ محمد أمان الجامي he says إيمان it has نور إيمان it has نور it has light it has a flavor it has a taste a delightful taste as delight that is attached to Iman. That is a taste that is attached and associated with Iman. The person, he tastes this sweetness of Iman. And he finds within himself delight and enjoyment and relishment by having Iman. And his heart, it ends up becoming enlightened with the nur of Al-Iman. كل ذلك إذا صح إيمانه لا الإيمان المدعى بل الإيمان الحقيقي الذي علم الله منه إيمانه. So this occurs when the person's iman is correct and upright and true. And as we mentioned before, iman is what? What's the belief of Ahl Sunnah concerning iman? Iman is belief in the heart, statement on the tongue, actions upon the limb, of actions upon the limbs, belief in the heart. So therefore, if your aqidah is not coinciding with the correct aqidah, if your aqidah, it is the case that your aqidah is upon the aqaid of the ashaira, of the ashaira, of the mu'tazila, of the jahmiya, then for that type of person, for him to be able to relish the sweetness of iman while he's upon that misguidance, obstinate upon that misguidance, it's going to be difficult for him. And perhaps those who have come from a background, any background, where they were once not upon sunnah, the day when they came to sunnah, those of us that once Allah hadn't guided us to the sunnah, but then Allah by his fadl and his rahmah, his mercy and his generosity and his favor, he guided you to the sunnah. Perhaps if you think about that day, when Allah guided you to the sunnah, that was the, one of the most beautiful days of your life. And it was definitely the case on that day that you felt Allah, He expanded your chest and He lifted a big burden from your head. But this is when, this, this ta'am of iman, this delight of tasting iman, the sweetness of iman, when, when does it occur? When the iman, as Shaykh Muhammad Imam al-Jami says, when the iman is correct, the real iman, when Allah knows that you are a person of iman. And then Shaykh Aman al-Jami, Muhammad Aman al-Jami, he says, وَهَذِهِ الْأُمُورِ بِالنِّسْبَةِ لَنَا نَحْنُ نَحْكِي وَلَكِنْ إِبْنَ الْقَيَّمِ يَتَحَدَّثْ حَدِيثَ إِنْسَانٍ He says, مُجَدْ, it's a printing mistake, I think. He says, مُجَرِّ, it should be مُجَرِّبٍ, correct it. مُجَرِّبٍ, صحيح مُجَرِّبٍ, هذا خطأ. مُجَرِّبٍ. هذا حديث إنسان, هذا حديث, يقول, ولكن ابن القيم يتحدث حديث إنسان مجرب إذا دال ذا correct it take the dal off الرابع إنسان مجرب يحس هذا المعنى في نفسه رحمه الله. so شيخ محمد مان الجامي he says that these 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 affairs these matters of tasting iman the sweetness of iman having the nur of iman in your heart he says, these matters, we're only relating it. We're only relating it. We're just reporting it to you. 
We're just telling it to you. Whereas Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he, he is speaking. When he speaks, he's speaking with the speech of a man that has experienced it. He senses it in himself. <coughs> Obviously, when the Shaykh is saying this, he's saying this from the Bab of Tawadr. Shaykh Muhammad Amal al-Jami, when he's saying this, we obviously know the Shaykh, he was a man of Aqeedah. His whole life he spent defending Aqeedah, spreading Aqeedah, up until he was physically attacked. Shaykh Muhammad Amal al-Jami, we don't praise anybody above Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahu hasibuhu, but Shaykh Muhammad Amal al-Jami, we say that he's saying this from tawadr. He's saying this from humility, from humbleness. That Ibn al-Qayyim, he's speaking about Iman has nur and ta'am and ladh and delight. But I'm just telling this to you. I'm just reporting it to you. I'm just narrating it to you. I'm just relating it to you. But Ibn al-Qayyim, he's the one that he, he's the one that really tasted it. He's the one that really experienced it. So, so Shaykh Muhammad Amal al-Jami is saying this, but <coughs> we see that Shaykh Muhammad Amal al-Jami is saying this from his tawadr, from his humility and his humbleness. How long has it been now? Four, 45. Khalas will conclude there. I don't think you will continue hearing me coughing anyway. Inshallah, we'll continue next week. I will complete this section concerning the nur of Iman, the halawah of Al Iman. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bifadlihi wa karamihi wa ihsanihi, that He allows the nur of Iman to enter into our hearts and that He allows us to taste the love and the sweetness of iman innahu wa liyadhalika wal qadiru alayh wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin